keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Sell out full of suffering, suck attach, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And you teeth look like two tight too, Billy. And you book a match with me. That's right, Killing. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> total. Marks with Dan St. Germain. Welcome everybody to Total Evan Marks. I am the king of sad style, the man with the largest calves in the world, the St. Germain events. Joining me as always, Sergeant Slaughterhouse, Scotty Chaps. What's up, brother? Andy Cups, thank you. Andy Cups, Robert Karpolis, Zach Attack, and Mike Lawrence. Juice Wee! (laughs) (laughs) How are you doing, Mike? I'm 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 good. Yeah. You know, considering. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, guys, we just got to, you know, like look. You know, our guy won the election, but we got to we got to, you know, just endure Goldberg. Realize. <laughs> I mean, look, it was nice to see a nonsensical messy brawl that wasn't on AEW. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was about to make a joke like like we were supporting <laughs> Like, look, a few of our, I know a few of our fan base stormed the Capitol last night. It's funny because I thought last Wednesday would be the most I cry on a Wednesday, and then this week came around. <laughs> Man, it was uh, it's pretty brutal. All right, let's get to the 10 count. We're going to switch it up a little bit. It's going to be a little different than the past couple weeks. Let us know if you like it or not. Number one, rebook this shit. We did this on Patreon. We've done this uh, a couple times on the show we take an angle and we rebook it either an angle uh from the past usually an angle from the past uh this time we're going to do an angle uh, a current angle and this week we're going to rebook legends raw before i go to my real answer um i just want to say one one booking could have just been to uh do whatever goldberg was supposed to do like I have like that that promo from Goldberg was so bad. I have no idea whether or not it was going to be a Drew and Goldberg match or whether or not it was supposed to be like, you know, Drew and Goldberg versus Orton, Miz and and uh and Morrison. Like it, it was just so it was so baffling that promo. But Well, is is the truth that they were running short on time? Because of that uh, Spanish fly that Keith Lee did off the top, he kind of like got knocked dizzy off of it, and 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 it it, it ate up uh, some time. And Drew was supposed to cut some type of promo, and then Goldberg would come out and respond to that. But since they had to cut Drew's promo, Goldberg still came out and didn't adapt. You can't blame Goldberg. He's only been in this industry for 22 years. He doesn't know how to. He doesn't know yet how to improvise. Uh, at one point, I was waiting for him to like pause halfway through and be like, "Wait, you said this though, right?" Like it made zero sense. It buried Drew. It it buried pretty much everybody at this point, uh, except Goldberg, which is how he's somehow Teflon after all these years. 
I mean, the thing is, this is a guy who, yeah, has been in wrestling for 23 years and has two moves. I don't expect him to adapt at all. Yeah, I, I'm just going to um, – here's my idea, and this is actually, like, what I would do if I was the company, not, like, just me being like, hey, I'm an interesting – I'm an interesting guy and in how I look at angles. You know, here's the smart markets thing to do. This is what I would do. You, the entire night, you're, the, the one cool thing about Raw was – you know, Randy Orton segments with the legends. Like he had a great segment with Mark Henry. He was a true, true Uber heel. He was awesome. So the whole fucking night they're setting up, uh, you know, for for really a Goldberg-Randy Orton confrontation. Like the confrontation that Goldberg cut on Drew would be way more effective if it was on Randy Orton. So well, it would have made night, sense. It fits. Yeah. That. Yes, yeah. exactly. So at the end of the night, you have Goldberg come up to Randy Orton. He's about to beat his ass. Fiend music comes on. The Fiend destroys the Goldberg. And then you see like a like a fake burnt Alexa Bliss or something. Like she's got like some sort of... And then like they just totally bury Goldberg. Just destroy him. No Royal Rumble main event. And, you know, then you have like at least for God's sakes, guys, like just, just, just do Sheamus and Drew at the Rumble. I don't know. Like, like, don't like put some, you've been, you've been building these characters for, in some cases, years, you know, like try to try to save their integrity. The, the guys that are supposed to have the company on their back. And, and why do you think they're not doing Seamus Drew? Because they're saving it for mania. I can't imagine that that's the direction. Like if someone uh, saved their virginity for me, like, why would you do that? <laughs> <laughs> What a waste. No one's in that. It it should be Roman versus Brian. If you can't get The Rock, it's Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns in Mania. Well, I think they're going to do Roman Goldberg. Oh. Well, they were supposed to last year. And I mean, here's the thing. You know, Goldberg, he has these two-minute matches. That's it. That's all he can do. And if he does longer than that, he's going to paralyze someone as be almost self a taker. So it's like you, you don't want to see him in longer matches for the safety of people you actually like in the company. But then these short matches mean nothing. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you took the words right out of my mouth. If I was going to rebook this, yeah. I think I think Goldberg Orton could be a fun Royal Rumble, like semi-main event, non-title feud that at least is interesting. You know, at least it's logical. <laughs> well, yeah, because Orton is is good at that, like that the acting aspect of it, where not much is happening, but he's you know, I don't know. Because yeah, like, also he's effective Drew... like that. I I don't see Drew carrying a match with Goldberg. I just see oh. Drew agreeing to do <laughs> what they tell him to do. Whereas Orton, it maybe would get some ideas in on them, you know, like, wait, this match doesn't have to be this exact thing. It just sucks. It's a really good match. Like I thought they, I thought they had a great main event. Like, was it wrestle kingdom or, or any of the matches from Wednesday? No, but I thought it was, I thought it was really good. Yeah. No, no. It it's good. also that drew, like his whole thing was, he's the one guy that respects the legends. He needed them to help him get over, which didn't work, but you know, that was the whole thing of SummerSlam. Like, you remember, like, Flair drove the ambulance and stuff? So, yeah, not only did it make, not make sense, it went against their own shitty logic. Uh, and the thing that was really interesting to me is I love that they're finally in on the joke of Teddy Long as a meme. 
when they don't realize that the meme was just to make fun of their own lazy booking. <laughs> you know, and he's like, you get one match with The Undertaker. All right, make it a tag match. Like, people started saying that because that's all they ever did on SmackDown. Yeah. <laughs> and now they're like, we're in on the joke. I'm like, no, you guys aren't. It's the good old days, Mike. It made life much easier. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, uh, thanks. You Rob fucker. booked this shit. Yes. <laughs> you have an idea how easy it is to be like, well, what are we doing tonight? I don't know. Teddy Long comes up, makes a tag match, then The Undertaker. I love it. I that also would be like, like you, be- YouTube video, meet the comment section. Yes. <laughs> that would be like if you're like, okay, eight o'clock, we have a Young Bucks match. Eight fifteen, we have a boss match. Nine fifteen, we have women's match. <laughs> I also like. I think the bet. I mean, Dan, I love the idea of Randy Orton and Goldberg. I just also love the idea of Randy Orton cutting a promo saying. I already retired one shitty ex-wrestler does a bad spear. I'm coming after another one. And that's just his continuation. That Because they, they have these things that they think they have lined up that we're desperately clamoring to see Edge come back in some way, shape, or form uh, against Randy Orton again. This, unfortunately, drew a rating. Uh, it, it, it did a decent number because they, they pumped it. Yeah, full best number since March. Right, because you you the audience is like Pavlovian that if the old guys show up, the crowd's going to show up. They're going to tune in to watch Raw. Uh, they should have used the legends to build up the main event. Uh, it should have been the entire show. You had uh, you had Hogan, you had Flair, you had Mark Henry, you had Jeff Jarrett, who was there for some reason. Even if you had Goldberg and announced it in advance, these are all former world champions talking about the most important thing is being world champion hammering this home and the idea is not to hammer home how important this is for keith lee or drew mcintyre it's to hammer home how important this is for sheamus that you needed to give sheamus a legitimate reason why he turns on drew that it wasn't him turning on drew because everybody expected it and he's a shitty person it was i heard all of these legends talk about the only thing that mattered to them was being world champion they didn't talk about the friends that they made in this business they didn't talk about the long-lasting relationships it's the title and this is a cutthroat business, and I had to do what I had to do. And that's your fucking Rumble match. You don't need a major match for the Royal Rumble because the Royal Rumble match itself sells the show. That's why was, there's two of them. Yeah. Yeah, there's two Royal Rumbles. That's why it was Brock Lesnar and Hardcore Holly years ago. There's no buy Yeah, it's rates. always that. That's that's the Ziggler. Ziggler gets his title shot at Royal Rumble. Exactly. You could have done the Seamus Drew thing here. Goldberg, when he cut his whole, if he would have cut a promo about how important the title is, he could have taken a subtle shot at Roman Reigns, and that sets up why Roman's like, all right, this this fucking Jew, I'm going to beat the shit out of him, and that's all <laughs> uh, you just need. Just to let everyone know at home, uh, Robert is Jewish. Robert is Jewish? Keep going. <laughs> yes. Uh, and also knows what Randy Orton would say to him. And also knows what <laughs> Randy Orton would say. Um, but, like, that's all you need. You, yeah, you, yeah. It could have been, su- been subtle, and you would have set up several things instead of this one match that no one wants to see where you've now once again made the audience look stupid for supporting Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre has been a good dude since the Royal Rumble last year. And then for 11 seconds, he's like, I'm just going to be a shitty heel and be like, oh, fighting news, like fighting my dad. And then shoving Goldberg. It was like, what the fuck? Goldberg really did come off like a drunk guy at a bar trying to fight. Like, like two ex-military guys, you know, and so he's trying to respect him, but he's like clearly way Dude, too the drunk Goldberg and way too push, old to be at this bar. That push at the end, what a uh, cucking. 
Yeah, that was the know. worst Goldberg push since the fall of 2003. <laughs> also, I'm glad they got the tape from Eric Bischoff of the Goldberg chant because that was the loudest thing I've ever heard. In my, like, it was like deafening. Uh, yeah. What was interesting was that Goldberg pushed Drew down and then uh, Drew didn't push uh, Goldberg down, which to me is part of the problem with this company that your current guys always look chumpy next to your legend. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it just, it, it was just, I mean, just him, like, just sitting down after he got pushed, it looks like it was on, like, the sandbox or something. It was crazy. You know what else was funny, too, is that Randy Orton and Jeff Hardy just had a regular match, but they've been in the company longer than half the Legends. <laughs> like, like, that could have easily been a Nostalgia Legends match. Like, hey, Dude, remember that- 2002? The the Ric Flair thing with Charlotte was an absolute fucking mess. And then the next day, Charlotte is like, I forgive you, Dad, on the internet, just because whatever that was that happened was definitely not how they planned it to have happened. That was awful. Look, the winner of Legends Night was Carlito, who got advertised last week, and then they forgot to invite him. <laughs> is that what happened to him? That's apparently what happened. He, he claimed that nobody actually reached out to him to ask him to be on the show. Oh my God. That is the 20, that is the 2021 version of an empty FedEx box. Like this is fucking, this is WCW at its finest. Yeah, that is. He was like, and for one week, it felt like I was working there again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Did I, did I, did I get everybody? Anybody yeah, else yeah. have? All right, cool. Sure, Number yeah. two, mark out moment of the week. Is our favorite uh, moment this week in pro wrestling? I mean, there were two for me. There are two clear um, moments, which was uh, the Good Brothers joining Kenny Omega on Dynamite and uh, Abushi winning the title at Wrestle Kingdom. But for me, like Abushi, like going and trying to pin Naito again, and the ref telling him, "No, you already won." It's just going to be in every single Wrestle Kingdom reel from now until the end of time. So that that was my mark out moment of the week was Ibushi, who I've always been a huge fan of, uh, finally winning uh, the new Japan heavyweight title and then the post celebration. And, you know, Jay White was fantastic the next day, too. But that was that was my favorite. Scott, what was your mark? Yeah, uh, that was also my favorite was uh, Bushi's night one victory. Uh, the stories they tell after the matches are so damn good uh, and silent. And the Bucks and Omega are really good at that, too. Uh, and I guess we'll get on that in a second. That's the second thing I marked out about, actually, is that Bullet Club uh, reunion. And the thing I liked about it the most, and the, the commentators didn't do a good job of explaining it when it happened, was when Pillman and who's that other guy? Griff Garrison. Yes, when they grab Omega <laughs> and, and and Gallows hits uh, Pillman and uh, Matt hits, uh, what's his name again? Griff, Griff Garrison. Garrison. Yeah. Uh, Lance K. That wasn't, that that wasn't the Bucks turning. Hopefully. That wasn't the Bucks turning. That was the Bucks helping their friend Kenny. And then they went right back to yelling at Gallows and Anderson. And I thought that was such a cool, subtle moment that everybody missed. And I don't know, I just really, really liked it. And then they too sweeted at the end, and that was cool. But uh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Robert, um, mine was subtle and a little off base, but my favorite mark, my mark at moment of the week was seeing Melina in the backstage segment with Lucha House Party. Um, I worked with Melina; I've known her for years. 
She's a, a very talented performer who really kind of got shit on for a number of backstage reasons uh, and not because she wasn't talented in the ring uh, as a manager and a performer. And she thought she was never going to be welcome back to the WWE in any way, shape or form. So for her to be on Raw in that capacity, even in this kind of brief little moment here again, was just another nice little feel good moment. Uh, so that was something where I saw, I was like, oh, that's great. And it was a nice use of her with the Lucha House Party for well, however, they, I mean, 90% of the legends were just, they're in the hallway in a pre-tape. This to me was effective. And I was like, oh, that's really good to see. It, it's a taco that, just I, like I stood this there. on our uh, Total Evan Marks Twitter account, but like them sitting in that V on, uh, uh, on the dais, it just looked like rehab graduation. Like when we had... <laughs> When we had rehab graduation, especially like what Tatanka was wearing. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is the shaman. This is my new sponsor. Uh, Mike, what was your Mark at moment of the week? Um, it was it was it was about to be uh, you know, speaking of legends night, when I thought that Ron Simmons was about to just start crying because he the it was the longest damn. It was like, you know, like a spit take. It's like five seconds, but he held it for like 12. And you could start to see him thinking like I was, you know, a, a, a fucking great football player. I was WCW. I was the first black champion. I'm I'm just a word. I've been just one word for the past 15 years. I That's why he stretched it out. He wanted more time. <laughs> yeah, it was really it was really sad. Uh, I loved it, though. Uh, Mike finding a tragic moment that probably wasn't intended or there. Uh, <laughs> no. um, uh, but I, I'm going to go with the Bushi night too. I'm, I'm not, a, I don't watch a lot of new Japan, but it's like the crowd, they, they weren't allowed to cheer. They could only clap, which would made, made the show kind of weird in ways because like even heels that they wanted to react to, they also had to clap, but it just felt like their guy won on the second night and i don't feel like there's been that many like feel good baby face moments like that in a long time and especially i think in a time where it's needed and like a place where it's needed like they really you know it was a feel good show and a feel great moment and they you could tell the crowd really wanted it and and that was awesome to me yeah, it felt Zach? like he beat the virus like all of a sudden yeah. jay white was covid and and yeah. it was just <laughs> He was the Japanese spirit. <laughs> <laughs> Zach? Uh, my main answer is Ibushi winning the title because Ibushi's my favorite New Japan wrestler by far. And, but I think another moment that needs mentioning that I love this week, it's probably my favorite moment still of the week, was uh, Jay White's promo afterwards. Dude, yes. The best. I don't know who hasn't seen that yet, but everyone should see it because it's the be it's the best wrestling promo so far I've seen in months. I I agree with you. Yeah, that, that, I love it. So that's my uh, that's my answer for everyone else to see. Uh, no wrong answers, guys. No wrong answers. Number three, you still watch this? This is a segment Mike came up with, uh, and it was I believe it was inspired by a moment me and Mike had, but I'll go into that in a little bit. Uh, this segment is the most embarrassing thing you saw in wrestling this week that you know your family is judging you for. <laughs> um, and me and Mike once uh, were watching WrestleMania 23. It was after I first quit drinking, so I was, like, really uh, fragile. 
And uh, I sat down and my dad walked in on us watching it. And I forget what he said, but he basically goes, oh, you still watch this? And we're like, yeah. And then he just like looked at us for a while and then just walked out of the room. Well, let me let me elaborate on that just quickly. It was the WrestleMania all grown up promo package is what he walked in on us watching. So it's like a kid smashing a milk carton against his head and then he turns into stone cold and like a little kid does a spin. So it was like children in like underwear like doing all the wrestling moves and then turning into the yeah it was like it it was from the finding neverland documentary it it was the (laughs) lamest and so that's that specifically has to add to it but he walked in on that moment and i think we'd only been friends for like two weeks i was wearing my pink berry uniform yeah (laughs) so every part of it was just sad (laughs) and things got marginally better for us yeah um but yeah i'll start um i actually okay this is there's a couple things like the thing is is like a lot of the time sarah just like hangs out and watches wrestling with me um and she won't really watch she'll do she'll either listen to her her tv show or she'll she'll work on her stuff uh but i'm i made an audible like girlish noise when gallows and anderson showed up last night like i literally went ah and she's like what i'm like and then i had to explain to her like what it meant and she was completely unimpressed so the, one of the best moments in wrestling like my mark out moment was followed by uh my uh not making it as a man moment um what about <laughs> what about you scott uh most embarrassing moment for me well there was two um so one was that hogan intro on raw was fucking brutal dude holy shit like they're talking to three-year-olds yeah it was crazy it was the weirdest it was like they just learned about technology and cell phones and youtube and apps it was so yeah, so like, fucking like really dumb three-year-olds you know some oh yeah i mean yeah it was, it was rough also <laughs> hogan missed opportunity should have somehow been in firefly funhouse he would have been, that would have been amazing would have been so cool just something he's so cartoonish to see him in that yeah i don't know you find a way you know i would have loved that yeah but he's um the f- first one to finally lift huskus yeah, he gets th- he gets through it because like the fiend works through emotion and Hogan's a sociopath. <laughs> He's like, "What about this time?" He's like, "Nah, brother, that that <laughs> that ain't my problem." <laughs> uh, it's not gonna work for me, brother. This flashback's not gonna work for me. Yeah, brother. this flashback's not gonna work for me. But second man, it it uh when uh miro was talking to chuck taylor backstage last night oh, the young boy thing <laughs> the, the you're gonna be my young boy for a month and i just gotta sit there like volume down volume down volume down <laughs> and the act just also because of the acting was bad it was just that was a rough one rough. He's, he's like basically like saying i'm gonna you're gonna be my prison bitch yeah and he doesn't even it. like explain it enough for people at home like he half does but it makes it sound worse so he's like i know what a young boy is i've been to japan I'm like wait what <laughs> explain <laughs> this, better <laughs> that was like to another one that happened that like my wife like looked at me and i love matt riddle but like when he uh started singing it's the big bro it's the big big bro tonight and it was like two 
Like it was to the point where I'm like, he looks special needs right now. Like it looks <laughs> like this is like part of the Make a Wish Foundation program with Big Show. Uh, um, Robert, so I had the H phone written down because I couldn't believe that that made air. <laughs> I thought of anything I've ever pitched in my life that got shot down. I'm like what if? It, and it didn't even make sense. That's the part of it that's so fucking weird. It was like it was like somebody forgot to do their homework the night before, and they showed up ten seconds later. Like, uh, here's my phone. It's a it's an H phone. Um, and then <laughs> the most right. and then my most embarrassing moment was probably watching raw which ends at 11 seeing that goldberg thing being like this is fucking terrible i feel bad for drew he's a friend going into the bedroom and then rich's like oh how was your show and i was like angry and she's like it's a fucking television show <laughs> and then i was like this is the worst thing that i've seen all week what's gonna happen is there gonna be a fucking coup and you know <laughs> i'm still more mad about goldberg thing that was more effective because we're still gonna have to deal with that <laughs> Mike? Come on, the bullet club invasion isn't gonna be that bad um i well, well first off hogan really reminds me of it's like watching my grandma die of alzheimer's again it's really <laughs> just bright colors and dementia and rambling like i don't know what he is anymore and like jimmy hart is just this caretaker it's really sad i went with uh snoop dogg and his five-star bong splash uh that's gotta be it for me it was so bad and the fact that the uh commentary had to act like it was the greatest thing it was just very embarrassing like i mean first off dr luther and serpentico like i can't even explain who they are and i watch the shit every week <laughs> and it's like why are they mad at snoop and then snoop just <laughs> does this weird like kind of lands on his like knees but not really and yeah and uh and then and then jericho goes he's just great at everything <laughs> i hate everything the way hey, his ass was stuck in the air for a couple seconds was so so gross to me i i will say that i did i i i love tony's enthusiasm so much when he's into something when he was like, get him, Snoop, get him. <laughs> but it was still, I mean, the guy, like, look, he looked great on uh, that Nate Robinson, uh, Jake Paul fight and the, the Tyson thing. Like he, you know, he kind of was like a meme. And then this was just like embarrassing. Well, they didn't put him on commentary. What they is didn't put him on commentary. He just was holding like, yeah. The I wonder, menu. man, I wonder if that was part of his deal. If it, I, I'm sure they wanted him on commentary and he's like, no, I'm, I'm doing this thing now for pay-per-view. That's the only time you can get me. Yeah. Well, also, I mean, they didn't, you know, he wasn't on the show because of the commentary job he did. He, he, he's on the show because of this show that aired, I guess, as we're recording this, it's probably on right now. Uh, the big show or whatever the hell. Yeah, the uh, go big show, which is so funny. It's like, oh, why didn't they just get Paul White? Insane. <laughs> Um, I have a question for uh, Mike Lawrence, Robert, as uh, as members of the Jewish faith. What was more embarrassing for you this year, Goldberg's promo or uh, Chuck Schumer dressing up like a Black Panther character after the Black Lives Matter thing? Um, I, I, I like to say that we acknowledge neither and that uh, Paul Heyman is the only uh, accurate uh, and proud representation of the Jewish faith in pro wrestling. 
that's fair. That's fair. I don't know about that. We're much better with finances than Paul. <laughs> <laughs> the character, though, Robert. The oh, character. oh, yeah. No, the character is a hundred percent. Like that is my rabbi. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm fine with it. Uh, just, uh... yeah, a fat guy that ruins a company's finances. That's a real Irish stereotype. That's not a <laughs> Jewish one. Um, all right, number. Oh, Zach, uh, what was the most embarrassing thing you saw this week as a wrestling fan? I think Karrion Cross's entrance is fucking lame. Really? Yeah. Wow. I love it. I don't like it. Hell yeah, dude, being a little anarchist this year. <laughs> I like it. No way, man. It's the new Zach. Fucking oh, God, NXT. That reminded me of another one from NXT when, and, and I know we're about to talk about NXT next anyway, so this goes into it. When Shotzi comes out in her little Tonka tank and shoots Austin Theory in the balls. That that was pretty embarrassing. That's his new character. He got hit in the balls like three times, <laughs> which is the best character development that they've done for anybody in a long time. It's a good way to let you know that Vince is also booking NXT now. <laughs> um, number four, Dynamite or NXT or a rerun of Die Hard? If the show's really bad, eh, I'd rather watch a rerun of Die Hard. Who do you think I, this this week? Neither show uh, was that bad. I thought both shows were really good. Um, I enjoyed both shows almost equally until the very end when you had that Kenny Omega Phoenix match and the uh, post match angle. That kind of took it over the top for me. But the NXT uh, Last Woman Standing match I thought was great. I, I really I really dug the Kyle O'Reilly rematch. I don't think it was as good as the takeover match, but I thought it was it was very good. What, what do you think, Robert? Who do you think won the night? It's uh, it's close. I thought they were both good shows. I think NXT from top to bottom, that was the best version of NXT that they possibly could have put out there. Uh, the Carrion Cross Damian Priest match was was awesome. Outside of the entrance, which which made Zach not want to be a wrestling fan anymore, uh, I will gladly eat crow and say Damian Priest improved a hundredfold uh to the point where he wrestled like a baby face he he wrestled like a baby face face. he sold it was the it was the kind of baby face vince likes where he's defiant up to the end carrying cross looked like a monster when all was said and done i understood who their characters were i was happy for the grand metalique match yes it was a little sloppy but they let metalique go out there and do what him and escobar do the raquel gonzalez rhea ripley match was probably my, my maybe my favorite match of the night, which really surprised me. Every thirty seconds of that match, something else happened. That was holy shit! This is really cool. And if this is the end of Damian Priest and Rhea Ripley, great sign off for them. Love the the Balor Kyle O'Reilly main event. wasn't as good as their pay per view match, but told a really good story. Uh, AEW. There was I, I really liked Wardlow Jake Hager. I think this was Wardlow's audition to be a babyface. They yeah, are gonna I liked, I liked it a lot. Meltzer was shitting on it, but I well, like fuck Meltzer. I mean, maybe not. I'm sorry. I turned into Bruce all of a sudden. I'm gonna get a green fanny pack now. And uh... hey, Bruce is like, Well, Bruce, have you listened to the podcast now? It's like him like uh, he's like he's one episode away from like revealing his plans to murder Dave Meltzer. Like it's getting <laughs> Brian Alvarez. Like he's getting really detailed. Oh, fun side thing on that. I went, I downloaded an old wrestling observer once. Cause I had to go ride somewhere with Bruce 
and then just and this was like two years ago and just put it on in the car just to see if he would he lost his fucking mind about 30 seconds in it's like turn <laughs> this shit off i'm like all right aw uh, <laughs> the thing the weakest thing for me the cody matt Seidel match was like a very wwe match it felt very like i get they were whoring themselves out for snoop which is fine the match itself was just kind of boring abaddon was borderline the most embarrassing thing i saw this week um it's basically just a, a a girl doing the fiend um and then they just killed her uh and then the main event omega and phoenix was it was an entertaining match the way that they pulled off everything at the end scott to your point the subtlety you can't have jericho on commentary when you're trying to do this kind of subtlety because everyone's just yelling out like whose side are they on like shut the fuck up and let the moment play and then the bucks come out there and it was like, yeah, it was like they were saving Kenny on instinct and you didn't know it was going to happen. And they were like, ah, just kidding. We're all back together. It, it didn't make any sense. And the worst part of it is now we're never going to get Gallows on the show again. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah now he's yeah. part of the AEW world now. We're in, we're on the ban list, Paul, because we brought Mike Lawrence in. Sucks. But I, I don't think that ending was a hour ah, just kidding. I think that ending was we're Bullet Club. We'll talk about this. You know what I mean? Like, like it, they weren't agreeing with their actions. It was like, well, you know, friends leave the bar together kind of thing. Like, all right, yeah, we're, we're fucking Bullet Okay, Club. but friends leave the bar together, but not to, not to really drill down into the world of kayfabe on this, but the Bucks are the office. This is their company. This is the, the company that they love well, and, and Omega. Built. Yeah, but Omega feels jilted and whatever. Like he has a reason for why he's done what he's done. The Bucks, like yeah. they are the office, and now they're siding with people from another company that they could have just signed on their own. It doesn't make it doesn't make a lot of sense. It was a we need a good holy shit moment. It was a good holy shit moment, but it doesn't it doesn't really make any sense. I more importantly, say- neither uh, anything on NXT or Dynamite was as good as Reginald Bell Johnson's monologue about shooting a kid. So, Shot a kid. I go, I go <laughs> die hard on this stuff. Uh, yeah. I actually, you know, Mike, I'm uh, much- Mike didn't make this. De- Mike somehow found a, found a way to make a podcast about pro wrestling more depressing. So well, that's why you hired me. Uh, <laughs> well, hire would have that sweet but- Patreon, a hundred dollars every two months. Nice. Um, <laughs> I I think that I hate to say it because I really like Dynamite more, but NXT was a little better just by a having a great women's match, which it'll always have over Dynamite at least for the foreseeable future. And uh, the main event, I thought that the the stuff that I didn't like on Dynamite, I mean, the sting, I, I sting like it makes my blood boil at this point. It's the it's been the same thing five weeks in a row now. It's 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 at like Lana through a table levels of like redundancy and comedy to me. It's just it makes Team Taz look awful. Um, it, it's because at least at the beginning, you know, it was like the first time he did it. It was like Cody, Darby, and I think. Uh, was it Dustin in the ring? It was like three or four other guys, but now it was just Darby and Sting, and they still all run away. Yeah, but and a bat and a skateboard. Oh Come yes, on, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, they have the weapons from the Simpsons arcade game from 1990. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna say Dude, Final Fight. All like, they need is, I all they need is a punch of barrel and have a ten-year-old kid. I'm digging this so bad. If I'm ten years old, I think Darby is cool because he's wearing like 
face makeup and Sting's cool because he's wearing makeup. I don't know. What ten year old kid even... knows who Sting is? They think it's Darby's dad. Yeah. Like that's <laughs> what it awesome. looks like. Yeah, but that's all the Star Wars. They meet their dads and shit. I don't even think I don't even think Sting on. goes home in between Wednesdays. I think he just stays there, sleeps next to the fucking snow machine. I think I think it's literally the snow machine is just his dandruff that they just blow onto everybody. <laughs> so I gotta go NXT. I, I would take Austin Theory getting hit in the nuts by a Tonka truck over this this Sting garbage. Yeah, he sold. Yeah. Uh, Scott. Ah, okay. This is tough. Um, I thought the AEW main event was the best thing on all shows. Ray Phoenix, Kenny Omega. Um, I thought it was so good that when the Bullet Club angle happened initial, initially last night, I was irritated because I loved the match so much and I was mad nobody was talking about it anymore. Um, yeah, I love the match. Yeah, I also had to rewatch everything today because yesterday, I mean, the, the ratings came out. Nobody watched wrestling last night. There was a reason. I didn't really watch it. I was on and off, you know. I turn it on, I see Snoop Dogg jumping in the air. I go, Jesus, you know, the, the country. Yeah. People and, were too uh, busy watching CNN's Capital Carnage. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So there was that. And then I watched both shows this morning. And I loved AEW so much. I watched NXT immediately after, and it made me hate the Damian Priest uh, uh, carrying cross match because they're really green. They're green. They just are. Carrying uh, cross clearly like is is not in shape from uh, his injury. Uh, he's like slower. His punches look kind of like shit. Uh, yeah, I just wasn't crazy about it. And Damian Priest, the way he moves, it's like. It's just his shape. It's not his fault. But guys like that who, like, when they're mostly leg, they just visually they don't wrestle well to me. It doesn't look great. When he does a flip, it lands kind of sillier than everybody else because his legs are super long. Uh, and I was going to ask you a stupid question. Yeah. You watched last night live, right? Wednesday night, uh, the end of Dynamite, correct? The end live, yes. Yeah. Did it feel weird at all to see people rushing the ring on the same day that you had what happened at the Capitol? And no, it was like, no, but no, I'm no. just, the only reason I'm asking is because I've seen people online getting upset that they were like, you know, this was the same imagery that we had earlier in the day. And I didn't get that at all. But That's I wasn't insane. sure if, like, maybe, you know, I'm not sensitive. I get it. I'm an asshole. But I wasn't sure if, like, real people were like, oh, this was offensive. It didn't bother me in the slightest. But I wasn't no, sure if anybody because, else. Unfortunately, the, the people that stormed the Capitol had more charisma than Griff Garrison <laughs> and Ryan Pillman Jr. <laughs> and then it's whoever like, was in a hey, mask. Yeah. Hey, Buffalo hat guy. I mean, I'm telling you, he'll be on impact soon. <laughs> um, but number... my second my well, my second favorite match was uh the Rhea Ripley match. Uh and I thought Balor um O'Reilly was awesome too. And I thought the cruiserweight match was awesome. So NXT as a whole does take it. All right. It seems like NXT won this week. Number five, keep on Scott. It's time for Scott's New Japan. Scott's big in Japan corner. Scotty. Oh, Wrestle Kingdom was, was, was this Monday and Tuesday. Dan watched it. Mike watched it. Robert, you didn't, right? Nope. Oh, it was a doozy, man. Not, not, not a lot of Dick Togo. Um, very, very happy endings. Um, to the matches, 
That's a bad choice of words. I'll never say that again dur- during my, my Japan corner. But um, you had Okada beat Osprey uh, in a match that was unbelievable. That was that was one of my favorite. Ma- it was initially my favorite match of the, the weekend because of the way they used the silence of the audience because they could only clap and they somehow used that to their advantage to make it like emotional. And so you had these moments where the silence was actually like, a good thing because you wanted to hear how they were treating each other. I don't know. Definitely check that out. Um, Abushi beat Naito for the belts. Uh, the next night, he obviously fought Jay White and beat him. Jay White that night cut an awesome promo. Like Zach said, it's like about nine minutes long. You got to check it out. He says he's done with wrestling um, after uh, New Year's Dash, which took place the night after Wrestle Kingdom. And at that night, he, uh, you know, he was in a tag match and he got pinned by Ishii. So maybe he is on his way out. I highly doubt it, actually. I think he has like a pretty long contract, but he's unbelievable. He's only been wrestling for like seven and a half years or something. Uh, And he's better than almost anybody. I mean, he comes off like a veteran. That was some of the best like drama in a match I've like ever seen. Uh, Night two also had Shingo Takagi versus Jeff Cobb, which was like insane. Mike and Dan, right? That match was like yeah. uh, maybe oh, top three of, yeah. the, of, of the week. That, that was bonkers. Um, and I'm trying to see what other cool shit happened. Oh, Moxley cut a promo, uh, a pre-taped video of uh, him in the L.A. Dojo. So maybe Kenta is going to be fighting him in L.A. Uh, for the U.S. title. Was it better than his AEW promo this week? His AEW promo was very good, right? Yeah, or, yeah it I was. Know, I thought it was good. a strong promo. Just yeah, um, it was great. I don't know if it was. I don't think it was necessarily better, but it it was. It was. Really There's so much more of a story with the AEW than there is. Yeah, you know. yeah, exactly. Yeah, at least at least to us. And then, uh, yeah, and now the match is set up. What's going on in Japan right now is they're going into another lockdown. They literally have no idea when their next show is going to be, so they just set up a few future feuds, and we have no idea when they're going to be back wrestling. Um, but the feuds they set up, I mean, Hiromu Takahashi versus show Shingo Takagi. He's the never open weight champion. And he challenged Tanahashi. Uh, he asked him to compete. He said, if you think you could still go, then fight for, you know, the baddest, uh, the baddest title. Uh, so Tanahashi's going to get his knees broken whenever we come back. Uh, and that's really it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how smart of a move that is. Yeah. Bushi I Sonata. Love, I love that. Like, you know, because yeah, I don't really watch that much, but I, I love the feel of Wrestle Kingdom. It's like a once a year big thing. It's awesome. You know, uh, they kept talking about how old Tanahashi is. He is 44 years old. There are so many guys that age or older in both major American companies. Like, yeah, he is 10 years. 11 years younger than Goldberg, who's about to wrestle at the Royal Rumble, and they never mention how fucking old he is on WWE. It's interesting where it was like, I was like, I don't know if they should be doing this or not. Like, because he looks great. (laughs) Yeah, he does look great, but he's also been around forever. So this is a guy who's been in the public eye for so long. They kind of, it's like, it's like if Cena came back, you know, maybe they'd, I don't know if they call him old because in WWE, again, that is like a, it's like Vince doesn't know Goldberg's old or something. I don't know what's yeah, going he's on. He's like that. the age that Taker was when he was wrestling Michaels, you know, like, so it's not that old. <laughs> yeah. But people were treating Taker like a, like an older guy yeah. then. Yeah. Right. So They're treating him like an older guy for 
very long time. Forever. I mean, dude, remember a decade of destruction? That was like the idea was he was like this ancient artifact. Now it's like what Ziggler's been there for fucking 15 years. You know, where, where's his uh but I, I will okay, say sure. two things about New Japan that I that I wish they would change. One is too many belts. There's just so many belts that they don't mean anything. Like, and I will say that to Abushi, Naito, and Jay White's credit, they did still make that feel like the most important. But at the same time, it's like you're watching the fifth title match in the night. Like, it's not as special at that point. And two. This New Year's Dash thing, and I know AEW does this too, these multi-man matches just make your talent feel less important. If everybody is always wrestling each other, it's not special. Like, I don't get the G1 thing myself just because it's like, don't you want fresh matchups? Don't you want these guys to wrestle for the first time? They've already all wrestled each other. <laughs> yeah, but but the, the twist is when everybody is so good, and they really are all so good over there, at least the guys who compete in like G1s and whatnot, after you see a match from theirs, you can't wait for them to have a rematch. And they do hold off. You know, most of the years, these guys aren't wrestling. It's not like WWE. They really are barely touching. And in the tag matches, it's like, you know, you get a glimpse of what they're going to do, and that's how they sell it. Because the in-ring work is so good, you're excited about that. Yeah. I also like to AEW acknowledge the uh, Ibushi thing during the Kenny Omega match. Like, they're, yeah. they're not afraid to dive in and went on on some of these things and uh, to make it seem like there is a broader wrestling world yeah and i liked how omega didn't reference abushi which i think he's done in like every major match every major title match even the tag matches he somehow referenced abushi in his match like a little call back to them or whatever in a move he does and he didn't do it this time uh which shows that you know he's he's siding with uh this new bullet club, this variation of whatever the hell they're doing. No, it's America, cool. so it's called Rubber Bullet Club. Yeah, I wonder if Japan is in on this. I don't quite understand. I mean, did they say Bullet Club last night? They did no, they a few can't, times. Man, they especially like if you like the run and shit doesn't bother me, but like that I think is a bad idea. <laughs> oh, you're saying calling it Bullet Club? Yes. Yeah, I would not do yeah, that in America. Yeah, yeah. It's also rough because we've seen them do it in WWE when they did AJ with them, and it was like, all right, we we got this, and we kind of got it with Finn and them. Then you got it with AJ and Gallows and Anderson. Now you're getting it with Kenny Gallows Anderson and the Bucks. It's like. Oh, it's a pain in the ass. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you on that. It, it doesn't come off like uh, money to me anymore. It's just a thing to do. But it's not it's not shocking to me. It's just, okay, this is what we're doing. Whereas it really should be shocking. And that's a bummer. It should be. But it's also challenging because now you have to tell the story to your audience who doesn't necessarily know everything that happened with the bullet club and, and follows it, it, it you, you you run the risk of of making it more challenging for a casual fan to know what's going on in your product because you can't show the footage of them in the bullet club you it's it's yeah. going to be tough to find a way to tell that story without literally just sitting down like one of those youtube videos i mean like here's everything you missed for the last 15 years of the bullet club before watching you know the next marvel movie to know everything that happened uh number six did you know that Steve Blackman was a bail bondsman? I had no idea. I looked at the video this week. First off, like, uh, as far as, like, looking good is concerned, uh, he looks way better than everybody that was on Legends Night. Uh, and, uh, you know, he uh, – it's just nice. It's – look, 
it's nice to see somebody working. What did you think of the uh, video, Mike? I love it. I love it. I, I love wrestlers. I mean, here's the thing. Like, we grew up with these guys. We saw them on TV all the time. They're not in SAG, <laughs> at least not for wrestling. They made, like, decent money, but not great money. They got to work, you know? And when you think of, like, all the wrestling jobs, guys that work at, like, Target and sell cars and stuff. Bale Bondsman's pretty cool, you know. It like it reminded me of uh Dr. D, Bounty Hunter, you know. Well, honestly, it sounds pretty good from where I'm sitting in my career, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Physically, I don't think I really could pull it off. Um, but yeah, I i think that uh yeah, I, I love local commercials, I love pro wrestling. This was a fun local commercial starring a pro wrestler, and yeah, he looks unbelievable you told me he was 57 it was mind-blowing he looks incredible what is it robert are there any lawyers that have cheesy like uh like commercials that are actually like pretty respected like any ones with like the better call saw type commercials that people are like well that guy's uh, the person's a legitimately pretty good lawyer no no um <laughs> You're, you're, no, you're, it's, if you see, I mean, the, the people that are advertising, they need to advertise because they're trying to go after personal injury and they're competing with so many different, because if you open up the phone book, I mean, I'm, I just flashed back 40 years ago. Uh, if you Google, you know, personal injury attorney, people are going to, are not going to look for who's the best attorney. It's which commercial have I seen that had the catchiest jingle, uh, or who promises to get me the most money back. Um, I wouldn't hire a personal injury attorney. I would hire Steve Blackman to beat the fuck out of whoever injured me because I'm going to get paid for that. Uh, he, he, this was a better character for Steve Blackman than the Lethal Weapon character in WWE. He looked just like, oh, you're, you, you need to hunt a motherfucker down? Call me. Look at me. I will get this done. And this would have been a great gimmick. This would have been like an APA style thing. I, I fuck it. I bring him back. I want to see this character in the WWE of a guy that basically is just, oh, you have a problem. You have an issue with this person. Hire me and I'm going to go there and I'm going to beat the hell out of them. And that's yeah, going to Steve, be. Steve Blackman Bondsman is better than Barry Darso Repo Man. <laughs> well, that's a low bar to, to set. Scott, what did you think? Oh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm happy for him. He looks like he's in good shape. I, I, I do love the commercials, though, because, you know, I've always been told every second a commercial is on air is money. It all costs money each second in a commercial. And so when you're like speed talking immediately, uh, I, I love that when you're just already trying to get the commercial over with because you can't afford it. <laughs> it's it's the coolest hi i'm steve blackman please do you need help i'll give you help please let me help okay bye i also like that the lady that is run, that is running is clearly dressed like she escaped a chain gang in the 30s yeah, like yeah, she's yeah. in oh brother where art thou and that's like, she, looks like, yeah. she looks like she's hoarding a bunch of cookie crisp <laughs> <laughs> Please don't be Steve's wife. Oh man! Steve, they bought that costume from a spirit. <laughs> they bought the costume from a spirit Halloween and then filmed it in the woods behind the spirit Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> All right. She still higher like, production values than Impact. Much better production. Oh values. no! And seriously, e <laughs> and easier to find. Um. <laughs> <laughs> It was a very, uh, the GL outfit was very Looney Tunes. <laughs> um, all right. Number seven, it's time to check in with Robert for creative has nothing for you. Robert. 
Yes. What are we talking about this week? So uh, I had a couple of things I was going to talk about, and then I watched the Steve Blackman video, and the thing that bugged me the most about it was what triggered an interesting kind of thing. He, he calls himself a WWF superstar, and I still to this day bristle whenever I hear somebody say WWF. Uh, when I was at the company, this was a few years after they got the F out because the World, uh, World Wildlife Foundation kicked their ass in court in Europe. And we were all conditioned uh, for how we had to act and operate when it came to the WWF. Uh, so it became this thing where it, everyone in the entire company used to have to watch footage to be able to identify anytime somebody said the letters WWF, not allowed per the lawsuit. You could say World Wrestling Federation couldn't say WWF. The scratch logo, the logo everybody knows from the Attitude Era, was not allowed to be shown and had to be blurred. But somehow every other WWF logo was okay, which is absolutely fucking asinine. And then the lawyers had specified if a fan held up a sign and they hand wrote the letters WWF, it would have to be blurred. And it would, and it would take, we had an entire room of people who blurred footage and we had to blur this footage for WWE 24 seven. And then when they decided they were going to release all the WrestleManias uh, and then all the Royal Rumbles, and it would take something like three hours to blur 30 seconds of footage. And when you think about where the WWF was back then, it was on every turnbuckle. It was on the referee's shirt. It was on the, uh, on the curtain on the Titan Tron. And they said WWF every other word because that was Vince's edict. So you had an entire team of people who were working. They were working literally around the clock, non-union building. We had a a room where they they just came and they did. It was probably eight people uh, working shifts, blurring all of our footage to make our product look worse because of this lawsuit. Because Vince wouldn't just pay the money to get the rights to uh, be able to use the old WWF logo. Because that's all the World Wildlife Foundation wanted. But this is kind of a, this is how Vince McMahon thinks. He would rather spend probably three times as much money to ruin his own product rather than admit that he was wrong and pay them out. And it wasn't until it came time for the network that they actually shelled out the money. So all of this work that got done and the thousands of man hours that that got put in a position all went out the window. And we used to have to edit like, old episodes of primetime and Tuesday night Titans, because if they ever said TNT, we'd have to go in and edit the audio and pull it to make it make sense and have these weird gaps and sounds and blurs. And it would take tens of hours to do this for every single episode. And then it'd have to be quality controlled. So I used to have to, everyone in the company had to pick windows of time and go in on like the weekend. I had to go in and sit and watch WrestleMania 19, which is an awesome WrestleMania that I can never watch again because I wasn't watching it for fun. I'm literally looking at every fan in the audience to see what are they wearing? Are they, do you, can you see a WWF at any moment with something not blurred? Did it slip through? Did you accidentally hear a fan in the crowd scream, I love WWF? And then you have to go in and fix it. Oh my God. What so a it fucking was hole. <laughs> our, 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 you know, it's like our, our, our finance people had to come in and do this. Our travel people, everyone in the company had to sit in these little rooms and watch old footage to make sure that we didn't accidentally let a WWF slip. Because if it did, they were scared that we were going to get sued by the pandas and they were going to own everything. Um, so again, just another little, just if, if the working for the WWE is your dream in life and it really should be, uh, this is what you have waiting for you. <laughs> oh, well, that's going to keep me up tonight. Number eight, the cost of fandom. Uh, this is going to be new segment where Mike is going to bring up three wrestling 
uh, related items, whether it's a it's a piece of merch, an eBay item, a cameo, and we have to decide uh, how much, uh, which one of these we think is the most expensive. All right. All right. Mike, go a little fun it. little game segment. Okay. So I got three things. Uh, a cameo uh, from Hornswoggle uh, on the on the website Cameo. A uh, Brian Knobs Nasty Boys WWE Elite action figure on Amazon. Or a month subscription to Tammy Sunny Sitch's premium Snapchat, which includes a minimum of three pics per day and one video per week. Content includes everything from casual to ultra sexy. So what do you think uh, costs the most? The, the Brian Knobs action figure on Amazon. What if you just want sexy but not ultra sexy? Is there a tier <laughs> for that? Look, it's it's the it for me. My vote is the knobs action figure, just because I know that that particular series they're not making as many more of them, and I know that it's probably around fifty bucks or something to seventy five bucks, and I think that's more than what the other two are gonna. I I don't think Hornswoggle. I think Hornswoggle's cameo has got to be under fifty bucks, and I think this this sunny thing has definitely got to be under fifty bucks. Okay. Uh, what, what, what are you guys, uh, Robert, what do you say? Uh, well, I mean, the, the Hornswoggle cameo would be pretty short, so I can't imagine it's that expensive. Um, <laughs> I think it's got to be the Sunny uh, Snapchat Instagram thing, because the amount of therapy I'm going to need after that is going to be very, very pricey. Um, so I'm going with Sunny's weird porn loophole thing. All right, Scott. I am going to in, in order. Hornswoggles is the cheapest. It's it's like probably five bucks per foot of him or something like that, right? <laughs> that's a, that's how that's how you sell a hornswoggle. That's still like twenty five. Right? twenty five bucks. That's pretty good. It is correct. <laughs> it is, yes. Uh, so that is the yes. lowest. It is twenty five dollars. And then the highest <laughs> is 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 the no, is the knobs, right? <laughs> yes. And then Sunny. I only know it with the promo code, so let me do the math. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, uh, Sonny's probably what, like, like thirty-two a month or something. She thirty dollars, thirty dollars wow, a month. Okay, wow. Okay. Okay. And the Brian Knobs action figure is forty dollars on Amazon. I like that the action oh figure goodness. is priced so How high that Brian Knobs can't afford it. <laughs> How much for the Hornswoggle cameo? Uh, Hornswoggle is $25. Knew it. Knobs yeah, can't man. afford it. Knobs is selling it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that implies he has a computer and the internet. <laughs> we all know uh, that Jerry Sags tried to eat it. Uh, <laughs> uh, number nine, we talk about the weirdest feud of the week. This week, without a doubt, it was Cardi P and Lacey Evans. For me, this was my favorite uh, feud of the week because Somebody still thinks wrestling is real, uh, which is pretty crazy. Um, yeah, and it's Lacey Evans. <laughs> no, it Seriously. was like, it was so sad, man. That was just such a weird, I mean, like Lacey Evans being like, but I love your music. I mean, if you're going to heal, be a heel, be a heel. Don't, <laughs> don't pussyfoot around because somebody from the w, WWE PR department called you. You're never going to get that heat back. Well, because the thing is, she didn't just attack her for something simple. She actually, like, went at her personally, right? Lacey Evans did. Like, she brought up, a, she brought up an actual Minaj. physical yeah. Yeah. altercation she had with Nicki Minaj. Like, I mean, that's like a 
that's a situation where she actually got in a in a fist fight with a woman, which is like we talk about that all the time because fake wrestling. But that's an, that's a problem sometimes. You might not want to hear somebody bring that up to you, you know. Especially with somebody um, who uh, used to be a blood. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I uh, yeah I actually agree with Cardi B for yelling at her. I, I don't understand why Lacey Evans did that. I'm just thankful I'm not there because I wouldn't want to have to explain to Vince who Cardi B is. Uh, or have to explain to Vince who Lacey Evans is. So that would be very, very tough. Um, this, this is, it was so weird because Cardi B like knew it was all fun and games and was replying to a bunch of stuff for a while, including Lacey. And then it got very uncomfortable very quickly. And uh, I thought, I thought that they had scheduled this. I thought this was playing. So I'm like, why is Cardi B even replying? Like how empty are her mentions that she's seeing this and being like, oh, somebody tweeted me. Hold on. Like, I get so many mentions. I don't even look at him and I'm fucking nobody. So I can't imagine that she was like sitting at home on a Monday night looking at her Maybe phone. It's like a blue, it's a blue check mark or something. So it's like bumped or something. Even so, but no, because she was replying stuff in general. It's like, why am I getting mentioned with the WWE? Um, oh, yeah, because she was mentioned on television. Yeah, because she's part of the Garza thing. So I'm sure that somebody from the PR department is trying to get a hold of her to get her on TV and they'll smooth things over uh, to make everybody look good. But uh, and she'll be the official theme song of the Royal Rumble. She's a singer, right? Uh, yeah. I'm Rapper, yeah. <laughs> I'm joking. Mike? Yeah, I mean, it, it's, a, it's amazing because it's like this is – I mean, look, they had uh, association with the more relevant rapper this week than AEW. Like, Cardi B is legit. That's a fan base that uh, a lot of times probably doesn't watch <laughs> Monday Night Raw. And, you know, I'm sure, yeah. I, like, I don't know. 55-year-old men over uh, guys <laughs> over 55. Those were those were her patrons before she got into music. But, but I imagine I imagine backstage like Cardi B yeah, was gonna show up at Mania or something, and now she's not, and Vince is like, You ruined it, Lacey! You ruined it. <laughs> um yeah, it's 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 hilarious. I think I think like Cardi probably knows like a couple wrestlers and they're like, Who the hell is this? She went deep cut. She was like, oh, I used to love watching Trish Stratus and Melina and Batista. I was like, what the fuck? Like, that's that's her peak era as a fan. Um, well, yeah, but like non-wrestlers will always like let you know when they watch wrestling just by who they tell you they're into. Like, remember when um, like Tyson was there and he's like, I was a big fan of Bruno San Martino and Bob Backlund. Like, yeah, they yeah. always let you know. It's so all like, when you were a kid, yeah. Yeah, Lacey Evans, like, also, Lacey Evans's character is someone who had a great day yesterday. Uh, so, <laughs> like, her being the one to, like, feud with Cardi is like, eh, I don't know. I'm also well, depressed that I if that's just... true and Cardi, that when she was a kid, and she's like, I like when Melina came out with those two guys. And I'm like, that was when I was there. So I'm now a thousand years old that that's what her, real, she though. was a child. Yeah. There, there's some people who are like WWE is the Spears squad still running wild over there? Like they have no idea. It's just it is whatever happened when you were in fifth grade. I like, like that. That's, that's what, what they would have remembered, is. not John Cena, <laughs> but they would. Is the Spirit <laughs> Squad still <laughs> running? Spirit Squad rule. That's what you would have remembered. You would have remembered whatever yeah. the oddest. Fucking, yeah. Like and most- Ziggler was like the third most talented dude in that group. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was that was a crazy time. So good. I, yeah, it, man. I keep mean, watching you know, every week, good. hoping Kerwin White comes back. <laughs> I, I don't know where else to fit this, but did that whole Charlotte segment with Rick and Lacey Evans, didn't that just kind of like 
remind you of like elder abuse like it's just every time i see it it was the first segment i saw where i was just kind of like i don't know man i think that can we just have rick flair's like last last appearance being him driving randy orton and that ambulance away like do we have to keep going back to this well again also didn't they do this like a year ago when he like kissed becky when they were outside, it's like he's it's so creepy. And it's like so Lacey's hitting on him to try to get at Charlotte. And then Charlotte just starts screaming at her father after. But it was it was convoluted when they already had Flair on in a more impactful way earlier. You didn't need to do this. What I don't get is that they have IRS there, right? But he never really acknowledges his son. Like that would be interesting. I spent so much time chasing tax cheats that I didn't realize that my own child was a demon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it would be, it's so funny now that he, when he's not in the IRS outfit, he just looks like he could beat your ass. Oh, yeah. He looks oh, like he could. Oh, he totally could. Yeah. I mean, look, like in a shoot fight, Lacey Evans would destroy Cardi B. Lacey Evans was like, she a was a Marine. Movie. Yeah. yeah. Would ruin Cardi B's life. Unless like weapons were involved, then I have no, I have no idea. But yeah, that would not be, it would not be a fair fight. Um, But it was really sad seeing her apologize. It's always really sad seeing somebody like, like go after somebody in character and then have to apologize as the person. It's just so. Dude, can you, can you imagine getting a Bronco Buster from a wet ass pussy? That's gonna, that's gonna take you out. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Number 10 promo of the week outside of wrestling important qualifier um i'll start off just because i'll never be able to say this ever uh i hope i'm i you know what i hope i never have to say this again but the best non-wrestling promo of the week was mitt romney uh (laughs) rebuking donald trump and every not just trump but everybody like the ted cruises these sniveling worms who supported this just complete uh, bullshit claim that he won the election so for me Mitt Romney like cutting that promo and also like the Luke's looks that he was like like shooting anyone who was objecting pretty great that's my vote Scott yeah I had a promo of the week was Mitt Romney yeah I thought I thought that was uh that was the best one just tell these people they were lied to um yeah that was the one that was solid stuff unbelievable but i don't know i also didn't see the bachelor this week so (laughs) robert mine goes to mitch mcconnell with his awkward baby face promo at the senate it felt (laughs) like when heel mr mcmahon was pleading with steve austin to save his daughter when he knew he was still the higher power (laughs) like it was this whole like you know he didn't believe a word of what he was saying and he was trying so hard to be a baby face. I was almost going to give it to Trump because it was the most effective promo of the week. Um, I've, you know, I've yet to see anybody cut a promo and get the audience to move the way that Trump did. But I, yeah, it was I like an old NWA show. Like it was like, we're going to go down and we're going to do this. And then they all went and fucking did it, which is good. But no, th- this goes to the, the brief moment of Mitch McConnell, awkward baby face. <laughs> Especially getting that crowd to move. Not, not exactly a lot of, I mean, th- let me tell you, they they used the money that they were going to spend on that Peloton to come to the rally. Uh, <laughs> I'm impressed they knew what Congress was or where it was located. That was pretty surprising. Mike? 
I I have to go. I I ended up staying up like really late last night. I it was like my mission to like see the electoral votes get certified. And at the very end, um, Mike Pence and and look, these these are awful people. We shouldn't be amazed that they're doing their basic job. But this was a great moment. I wouldn't this, say Romney's awful, but yes, I would put Mike <laughs> Pence and Mitch McConnell in those categories. But, uh, but this guy this guy from Texas uh, starts to bring up an objection for Wisconsin, and Pence basically does a, it doesn't matter what your name is. <laughs> it, was, it was fucking great. He's like, well, you need a signature from both a member of the House and the Senate. Do you have a, <laughs> a signature from a member of the House? And the guy's like, well, yes. And from the Senate, well, no. Well, then we will not be listening to you, sir. <laughs> and I popped. I just popped. Because, like, the, he'd already had over the 270. It didn't matter. But it was like, it was four in the morning. All these people wanted to go to bed anyways. And they just finally certified it. And I did. I was just like, all right, thank God that that guy didn't get to, like, talk for, like, 40 minutes or whatever. Yeah, I mean, and he was... felt like nothing too. Like you could just see him shrivel. It was like ninety-nine Billy Gunn. It was fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, that does it for our show. Um, speaking of uh, nineteen ninety-one Billy Gunn, actually, he's not going to be in the show. But nineteen ninety-one, <laughs> uh, the night we're on Patreon. We're going to be doing the nineteen ninety-one Royal Rumble. That's the one Ultimate Warrior uh, went against Sergeant Slaughter. Uh, it's uh, Mike's first choice. As yes as our patreon topic i started watching the show it's very good marty Janetti and the orient express i mean that's sean michaels that kid could be somebody uh it's very good um and as far as plugging please keep listening to the show subscribe to the podcast rate the podcast we have a t-shirt on pro wrestling tees and uh, i've actually got some live stuff coming up um i'm gonna be on january 22nd i'm gonna be in uh in Royersford, Pennsylvania. I'm doing Soul Joe's comedy show. James Matter's gonna be there. Kurt Ryan, who's a really funny guy, is gonna be there. And then I'm doing Acme Comedy Club in Minneapolis. So both of which are supposed to be socially distanced and they're abiding by all state rules. So but you know, again, if you don't feel comfortable coming out, I totally get that too. But if you do feel comfortable coming out, I'll we'll be in Minneapolis and Pennsylvania in the next month. Mike? Uh, yeah, MikeLawrenceComedy.com uh, and uh, subscribe to our Patreon. Robert? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at WWCreative underscore ISH and I want to give a quick shout out to my buddy Zach who listens to the show who I just found out uh, him and his wife are having a baby. So congratulations, Zach. Uh, this is the least cool way to announce that. Scott? Scott underscore Chaplin on social media and also buy a t-shirt of ours at Pro Wrestling Tees, uh, especially this weekend because they got a uh, they got a promo code. Uh, if you promo code New Year, all capitals, you get 20% off merch. Get our t-shirt, post them, send them to us. Get me one too, send me one. Same promo code for Sonny's <laughs> uh, Snapchat. You know it. Yeah. <laughs> Scott and Sonny are sharing the same OnlyFans page. Zach? Wash your hands. All right, see you guys next week. Patreon, we'll see you Monday.